got both cameras go rolling and so now I get to start and so um, good morning um, this I'm Pastor David Kufal and welcome to New Life um, over the, the since Thursday we've had over almost 400 new viewers to New Life and that's exciting not because I'm concerned about numbers it's exciting because some of you have gotten to hear the gospel message that's the only reason I'm still going on Facebook live and YouTube is so that you can hear the gospel message what the Bible actually preaches and teaches it's so important because um, I just read a study this week that 60% of born-again um, individuals under the age of I think it was 30 do not believe Jesus is the only way to heaven they believe that Buddha and Muhammad um, um, are equal to Jesus and then out of that 60% they also believe that Jesus sinned where they learn and these are supposed to be born again um, young individuals where they learn that I don't know but that has never been the teachings of the church and so you know what we need good Bible interpretation and good Bible teaching today amen we need to we need see I can't fault these young these younger folks for believing that if they weren't discipled correctly if in their youth groups they were never taught about Jesus being sinless. You know, um, how can I be upset with them if they were never taught what Jesus said? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. That Jesus is the only way to heaven. And so um, if they weren't taught that, then it's up to us to speak into their hearts. You know, we could easily go ahead. All those rotten kids. What in the world? They're not the rotten kids. They just got rotten teaching. Right? And you know what? The thing about the, about the younger generation, they want to know the truth. So instead of us getting upset with them, how about we help them? And so that's why, that is why I come to you Thursdays and Sunday morning so that you can learn the truth of the Word of God. Why? So that you can know Jesus. Why? So that you can go to heaven. Why? And also so that you can have a real purpose to your life. What, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, if I, I tell you what, the pre, what Jesus said, if I preach to you what the scriptures say, the truth what the scriptures say about sin and about salvation and about all the wonderful blessings that are found in the word of God. If, if, I, if I preach that to you, then all of a sudden you're going to get excited and you're going to want to tell somebody as well. And what a great purpose to be able to do that. You know that it was the policy of the United States um, in the early days uh, from Thomas Jefferson on, that if we ever had to go to war with any country, if we had to go, um, our, you know, our first, besides fighting the British, our first major battle during um, Thomas Jefferson was all naval. 
it was against the pirates in Trinidad. Did you know that? And they're Muslims over there, right? So what did President Jefferson's response was? Well, he got himself a Koran. He read the Koran. He wanted to know what makes these people tick and how do they think, okay? The second thing was the Secretary of State ordered missionaries to go to Northern Africa to evangelize the Muslims. Because when they read the Koran, they had some concerns. And so they sent out missionaries. And for years, up to World War I, we were sending out, it was a policy of the United States, not only to uh, watch out for our interests, but to send missionaries abroad. And you know what? The federal government never, never funded the missionaries. It was always the churches. Because they figured that wasn't their place to tell the church how to do missions. It was the church's place to take care of missions. Now, now we fast forward to today and we got a whole mess on our hands. Can you imagine when we went into Iraq, not trying to change the people of Iraq, and when we went 20 years ago into Afghanistan, not to try to change the people of Afghanistan, but we would have came in there with the love of God. And the love of God preaches Jesus. And can you imagine? Do you know that during this persecution, one cell group, one Christian cell group in Afghanistan went from 250 believers to over 1,500 believers since the Taliban took over? This is just recent because of the persecution of the church, that cell group of 200 and some believers has mushroomed to over 1,500 in that church. Now this is, you're under threat. Oh, we think that we have threats if somebody goes ahead and throws mud at our building. We're being persecuted. It disappoints us. That would disappoint us right? But over in Afghanistan, Christians are being beheaded because ISIS is there. And ISIS is not as nice as the Taliban. Now, if you talk to our soldiers, they'll tell you the Taliban are not nice guys. But ISIS, they're just brutal beasts. Can you imagine if Jesus could get a hold of them? What did Jesus teach? Turn the other cheek? What did Jesus teach? Love your neighbor as yourself. Can you imagine if all of a sudden they turned away from the hate that they're carrying? I'm not, you see, and don't be labeling all Islamic followers as haters. Well, yes, they, I'm not going to get into that. But don't label them all. But there's this radical group. There's this radical group that even people who follow Islam have a problem with. Because they'll even kill fellow Muslims because they don't follow Islam the way they think they should follow it. You know what I love about Christians? We disagree all the time. I mean, that's why we have Pentecostals and Reformed folks and Baptists and Catholics and Lutherans because, you know, we just disagree on certain points. But we don't go around killing each other. Oh, you might say, well, pastor, what about the 80-year war and the 100-year war? Well, 
you know, those were some misguided people during that time. It was actually more about kings being mad at each other and wanting to take territory than it was really about, um, I don't like you because you're a Lutheran, and I don't like you because you're a Catholic. Come on. Let's be real. Follow the money, and you'll understand why they fought. Okay? But Jesus is better than all that. And he's the one we should be building our lives on. So, by way of introduction to this message, we Christians can choose to be wise or we can be choose to be foolish. And what category do we choose to be? We want to be wise. That's why we come to you, because we want you to be wise too. So, we are located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton. Um, I changed the way that Facebook has done the ads. Um, they're not being focused on the southeast. Um, I toned the focus on our, lo our local zip codes. <laughs> and so uh, we had that a while back. We, we threw, so you, with Facebook Live, you've got to do certain things to get them to free up the algorithms. And uh, so... Uh, we did that once, and for some reason, the com their computer went ahead and flooded the whole southeast um, with our church services. And I was getting emails, where are you located? And I said, we're in Wapiton, North Dakota. Well, that's a little bit too far for me to drive <laughs> for Sunday service. And so um, it was we got some nice encouraging things being told us by people who live in the southeast. However, we live up here in wonderful, warm, sunny, tropical North Dakota. <laughs> and so we love it. Um, one of the, our speakers from camp meeting, um, he's taking his daughter around to uh, visit um, colleges and universities and so he's been taking around and our state regional overseer said well you know what if you really want her to get an education you should send her up here because we know how to teach kids and so I thought that was kind of cool and so um, praise the Lord anyway um, we need to build on a firm foundation we need to build our lives on a firm foundation we need to choose to be wise when we do it. Although, but God gives us a choice. We can be foolish with how we build our lives. Let's talk about the wise person first. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Lord, help us to be wise. Help us to build our lives upon the rock of our salvation. Help us to build our lives on a firm foundation, Lord. Lord, we are living in troubled times. And Lord, we just turn on the radio, the TV, the internet, and Lord, it seems like everybody's trying to pull us in every which way. And Lord, it seems like the foundations of the world are being shook. But Lord, there's still a firm foundation and it's found in you. 
that while everything, the storms are raging around us, Lord, we can stand. And Lord, we can stand in you because, Lord, you are the rock of our salvation. Lord Jesus, you died for us so that we could have that foundation in you. And so, Lord, we love you and we praise you. And thank you for your anointing to preach this word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus goes on to say, When the rain descended, because they built their house upon the rock, when the rains descended and the floods and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for the foundation, for it was founded on the rock. Mm. this foundation the wise person will do will do what the Lord says we got people today who want to tell the Lord what to do when we should just listen to him you know he's been around for a lot longer than we have <laughs> I, I got five kids and uh, once in a while even the, the youngest one here uh, will say to me, but how do you know? And I'll look at them without going to Wikipedia. <laughs> don't trust, you know, when I was in Bible college, it said don't trust Wikipedia for your information. <laughs> if you're going to college, don't trust Wikipedia for your information. Maybe you'll get a thought there or two, but go find some real sources. Because with Wikipedia, Hal could go in there and change uh, what they mean on that page. You're, you're, you're looking at uh, structural engineering at Wikipedia, and um, Hal could go in there and say, now you stick the girders together with chewing gum. And they'll leave it there till somebody else goes, oh, no, 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 that's wrong, and put it back right, because there's no Wikipedia police, see? And, and so that's the problem with Wikipedia. Don't just trust Wikipedia. Go there to laugh, okay? And uh, because sometimes you'll find some funny things it's like oh my word um, so don't don't trust and, and and you know the Wikipedia folks they were just trying to help that's all it is they're just trying to help people get some knowledge but sometimes the knowledge isn't and they'll even admit it's not always the best knowledge that's out there so they just want to cause you to dig more to look more and to check things out more but it's always the first thing on Google right you go to Google something and Wikipedia is there with their thing and so now if you're talking about I want to learn something about um, The Rock, about Dwayne Johnson. You know, that's fine. Wikipedia pull up his bio and you can read about The Rock and how big his muscles are and, you know, and uh, about his family and all those things, where he lives and whatnot. But don't trust it for other things, okay? Um, don't ever trust Wikipedia for that. But a wise person builds his life on a firm foundation. Now, I, here, here's the thing. You see, Wikipedia is built not on a firm foundation. Now, the Encyclopedia Britannica, I believe you can still find that online, um, is built on a firm foundation because there's scholarship behind it. They don't let people just come in and willy-nilly edit their things. It goes through a... Some editors have to look at it. Make sure what you're telling them is real or not. But a wise person builds his life on a firm foundation. The rock is Christ Jesus, and the foundation of that rock is the cross. Um, here, let me go over. It's not in a slide there, so don't worry about it. But I just thought about this. Let's go. I, I just want to read to you out of Galatians, 
And you don't have to make a slide up for it because I won't stay there long. But Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says, But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And as we have said before, so I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So what is, what is Paul saying to us? If anybody comes and tells, teaches you something that the Bible doesn't teach you, let them be accursed. Now, what does accursed mean? Let them, it doesn't matter if it's an angel or somebody, okay? But what does accursed mean? It means let them go to hell. Now, Paul himself would be trying to convert the person. He wouldn't deal with the angel. He'd let God take care of the angel because if an angel's coming to you and um, telling you something that's against the Bible, it's not an angel of God. It's one of the devil's angels, okay? And so you don't listen to that guy. You just, tell, you just rebuke him in Jesus' name and he's going to flee, okay? But if somebody comes and starts teaching you something that's contrary to the Word of God, get out of that place. Don't listen to them. And if you know your scriptures really well and you try to help correct them and they will not correct them, just shake the dust off your feet then. Why? Jesus says don't cast your pearls before swine. And that's, I'm not calling that person a swine, but that's what Jesus gives you the idea. You know, you wouldn't take just pearls and cast them. Now, if you can correct them. Now, what does Paul say? If you're going to correct somebody like that, you need to make sure you are prayed up. Why? Because he says, go to them in a spirit of gentleness. Gentleness. Why? Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to straighten out the wrong thinking. You're not there to beat them up. Right? How can you change somebody if you're beating them up? Don't... How many times have we gone on Facebook, and I'm not picking on Facebook, but how many times have we gone on Facebook and somebody starts bringing out their big sledgehammer and hitting people over the head. Is that effective? No. There was a debate going on in WD Inform um, thing on Facebook. And I just made a small comment there. And then somebody commented on it. And I thought, hmm, I wonder who this person is because I, 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 I don't want to insult them, so I looked to see who it was. Oh, this is nice. This is nice-looking young person, and her 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 guy is a nice-looking guy. And um, actually, uh, they're not thinking ahead of what they were saying that they were supporting, because if this thing that they were supporting goes through, um, we're going to have a mess in this country. You think it's a mess now? It'll really be a mess. Okay. So I said, hey, and I and I very carefully and I complimented them and I was nice well she took out her sledgehammer and she wanted to hit me over the head well that's not going to work but she the, the comment she made to me was actually hilarious and I did not take it personally and I said you know I complimented you and you came back and insulted me why do you folks on your side always have to insult everybody you know, I was engaging with you. I, I, I thought, you know, really my thinking was, I thought I was talking to somebody 
who you could reason with. But because we're on Facebook, we hide behind our keyboard and we can think that we can be... And you know what? I bet you anything. Al, I bet you anything. If I met her in at Frying Pan here in town, I bet you anything, we could have a very pleasant conversation and it would have never gone that way. She would have never said what she said to me. Because there's a difference when you're face-to-face with somebody. So, you know what my thing is with Facebook? Is a lot of times I just keep on scrolling. There's things, sometimes you guys post something and I think it's funny, but I do not click like or anything on it. Not because I didn't like it. Not because I didn't think it was funny. It just wouldn't be appropriate for me to click like on it. I knew of one pastor who got himself canceled because he liked somebody else's something and they attributed it to him and he said, I never said that. You know, and it, it's this cancel culture needs to change. Americans used to be very open to each other, very forgiving of each other. Because we were more centered on the rock of Jesus Christ than we are today. If you build your life upon the rock, Jesus says when the storms of life rise up, and let me tell you folks, they will. Just look at this last year and a half. You don't think COVID-19 in this country wasn't a storm and around the world. Come on. When the storms rise up, you will be able to stand. Why? Because Jesus is your rock. He is your firm foundation. The foundation of our belief system must be Christ and Him crucified. Let me go back to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 14. And, and, and let me... This is what... Um, 4.14 And my trial which was in... In my flesh, which did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Is that no, I'm sorry, the wrong one. 614. 614. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world ha- has been crucified to me, and I to the world. You see, that's where our boasting should be. You know, when people do something to us, uh, why? Our thing is, let's boast in the cross and let's, let, let's be excited about Jesus. I was watching my favorite football team yesterday. They didn't do very well. They haven't won a game in preseason. They got a young quarterback that's going to be is backing up the, the starter that's been there for 16 years. And when the starter finally retires, this young guy's taking, and he's supposed to be a gunslinger. Well, I'll tell you what, he needs Brett Favre to come along and teach him how to gunsling. <laughs> but you know what? After the game, I was disappointed that they lost, but it's just preseason. It doesn't mean anything, right? I was actually just watching for, okay, how's the offense looking? We got some new weapons. Of course, we're not playing all the stars. And so, um, and I want to see the new defensive scheme. That's what I was watching for. And so I was enjoying that part. But you know what I went? I walked into my study at home, and I thought to myself, you know what? Even though my favorite team lost, my hope is not in that team. Even though my, 
my favorite team lost, that shouldn't get me down because Jesus is still on the throne. And you know, when I have those thoughts, I'm feeling pretty good because my boasting is in Jesus. Even though I own the, the, the team that I root for, and I've been upset with the team that I own uh, for some decisions that were made. Now you're understanding who I... You can't own the Vikings, folks. Um, and, and so you go ahead and you go, praise God, I'm not boasting in my team. I'm boasting in Jesus, and he makes me feel better. Because you know what? It doesn't matter if my team wins the Super Bowl or not. I know one thing, that when I read the end of the book, we win. And my Savior is coming back in victory. He's not coming as a baby this time. He's coming as a roaring lion. And guess what? All of us who are saved, we're coming back with him. And we're going to be able to, we're going to be riding this, these beautiful horses coming back with him. You know, he's not, we're not going to be sitting up there in these long, fluffy, sitting on fluffy clouds playing harp. No, no, we're coming back as the mighty army of God with Jesus. Can you imagine why you riding these horses? Horses that can fly. How can that be, Pastor? Well, God can do anything. If we believe, as the Bible says, that he created everything, the whole universe, and everything we see and we know about, because we're still learning, right? If we believe he created it all, then don't you think he's wise enough because he created physics? to be able to know the math, to know the, how it works, how gravity actually, how he's able to use gravity so that we can ride down from heaven on horses. Now, you know, these are supernatural horses, so they can do anything God wants them to do. Now, that's, now I don't know how he does it. I don't know if these clouds get solid and the clouds are bringing us down. I don't know how it works, but all I know is the Bible says that's how it's going to be. We're coming in the clouds, it says. And the whole world's going to see it and tremble because our Savior is leading us. And you know, we're not going to have to fight. We're just coming back with Him. And the cool thing is all the Jews are going to come out of Jerusalem and from all over Israel, and they're going to finally accept their Messiah. And they're going to escort Him into Jerusalem and the kingdom age will start for a thousand years giving mankind one more chance to come to know God and at the end of that thousand years then comes the great white throne judgment what I don't understand is after a thousand years of Jesus reigning over the earth how some people will still reject him you know but it's because we have free will and I'm grateful that he gave us free will. We get to choose what rock we build on. The foolish person Jesus talks about is this. Um, verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine. Okay? This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We've, we, this is the end of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Because this is where the Sermon on the Mount ends. But it's more than just the sayings in the Sermon on the Mount. It's everything from Genesis to Revelation. Anybody who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Before I go on to that, 
what you've got to understand, Jesus Christ is the Word. John, i got to do this because no, I used to be able just to say these things and people know, oh yeah, I know the reference John 1.1. 1, 1. You know what we're finding? The Bible says that in the last days there's going to be a famine. There's going to be famines of, of food. Jesus told us that's going to happen. Um, unfortunately, cost of food is going up in the country right now because of this drought that we've had. Okay, the wildfires out west, the drought that we've had, the locusts over in Africa, um, it's just been bad. We're going to have, we're probably going to have to rely on South America for some things. And thank God that most of South America are sheep nations, not because they follow suit from the United States. Uh, sheep nations are those who support Israel. Okay. Goat nations are the nations that don't support Israel. That's what Jesus is talking over in Matthew chapter 25. I believe it's 25. But anyway, we're, we're not going over there right now. But Jesus, it, but John writes, in the beginning was the Word. The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's why we say this is the Word of God. Okay? He was in the beginning with God. He. Hmm. And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So who's John writing about there? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word. And so when we talk about when Jesus says, if anyone hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And that's why, I don't, that's why we come to you these, these broadcasts, because I don't want you to be foolish. I don't want your life built on sand. What happens in a storm when you build on sand? And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Because sand is a horrible thing to build on. Because rain will soften it and it won't be firm. It, it's so pliable. We, we've had some serious flooding in Wapit and Breckenridge over the years. And we're all surprised that it happens here until you think about it. We built ourselves on a lake bottom. The largest great lake used to be here and we built on the lake bottom you drive from here to Fergus Falls and you watch how the land rises now start imagining as you're going 210 across this the beautiful fields across those plains and you start imagining yourself underwater then all of a sudden you start seeing those hills over there as islands and the water and the land rising up to where the water would be lapping the shore huh Gives you a different perspective when you're driving over to Fergus Falls, doesn't it? I sometimes do that just for fun because we're on this 
the, the lake would come down like this and then widen out. The only thing that's left of the lake is the Red River Valley and the little lakes that are left behind over in lake country. And the, of course, most of those were formed by glaciers. And so because of that, we found that after we bought our house that our garage didn't have enough rebar put into the into the, um, the uh, pad, the concrete pad. And so we have, all of a sudden, the, the, a quarter of the garage floor had a big crack in it, and we started seeing some tilt. Well, it happens to be where we come in and out of the, with the door for that garage. It was also starting to affect our big overhead door too because it started squealing when we opened and closed it. That's not, that's really, that didn't bother me so much as not being able to close the other door very well. Well, we had to hire somebody because the water levels had gone down under the city because we kind of had a dry summer. And all of a sudden that became apparent. So we had it mud jacked. And we didn't just do, we didn't do it with normal mud. We had special poly um, foam that was put in there. It was supposed to solve the problem. Well, because we're under such a severe drought, guess what happened this year? We started seeing it again. So I called up the company. They were supposed to send somebody. They haven't done it yet. But we had all this wonderful, beautiful rain that we've had here the last few days. And guess what? I went to close the garage door, and it closed nicely. And I noticed that all of a sudden the crack is coming back together. All we needed was to get water underneath the so under the soil again and build it up again. Water will do something. But our, our foundation here is not built on a rock. We got sifting soil underneath this town. And if you go to anybody and you talk to them who are builders here, they'll tell you these little rocks, the pressure underneath from the water will push rocks up through um, concrete floors. We took the carpeting out of our church. You'd see fissure cracks all, all over our floor from rocks being trying to be pushed up from underneath. Nice having the, ca the carpet here because it looks nice, right? But Jesus says, anyone, a foolish person is anyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. He, it's hearing what Jesus has to say, but they ignore him. I heard you, but I wasn't listening. I told you that story about the little boy got in trouble with his mom who he was supposed to be cleaning his room, and he wasn't doing it. And he, she told him three times to clean your room, and she went to check on him. He was laying on his bed reading his comic book and his room was still a mess and now she's very annoyed her face is turning colors and she says what did i tell you to do he said well i heard you but i just wasn't listening well i won't tell you the rest of the story but that kind of put her over the edge um you ever i won't tell you what a conniption looks like but she had one But for its foundation, this house built on the sand, this house looked the same as the house built upon the rock. But they built their, their life on everything outside of the Word of God. 
Both houses look the same. They both look nice. They had nice green grass out in front of them. They had it all nicely landscaped. But one was built on sand and one was built on the rock. The ones who built on the rock built their lives on Jesus Christ and the cross as their firm foundation. The ones who built on sand built their lives on anything outside of God's word. And Jesus calls this sifting sand because it's always sifting and changing. Just look at this last year. Look at Dr. Fauci. That man sifts all over. He must be sand. He changes his mind on everything. Everybody used to talk about Bill Clinton being a flip-flopper. Man, this guy makes Bill Clinton look like an amateur. I mean, he started off with, masks don't do any good. Remember that? Don't wear masks. They don't do any good. And then all of a sudden, got to wear a mask. Then eventually he went, you got to wear two masks, three masks, four masks. And then all of a sudden, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And now it's like, I want you to wear a mask again. And it's like, will you make up your mind? <laughs> oh, we got to pray for Dr. Fauci. He needs some wisdom from God. Paul was told once, Paul, your learning has made you mad. <laughs> well, you could almost say that about Dr. Fauci right now, right? <laughs> your great learning. We need to pray for him that he gets some wisdom. He needs help. And most people don't remember that he was actually appointed by President Reagan into that job. They wonder why the folks who build on sifting sands, they wonder why when the storms of life come that everything falls apart. Why is that? Well, it's because they didn't build their lives on Jesus. They ignored him. While the sun shines, both houses look great. But when adversity comes, and it will, faith which is alone in Christ and Him crucified will Stand. Matthew's trying to help me preach again. Let me remind you what Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 1.18. He said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's why we build our lives upon the cross and Jesus Christ. Will you trust in the authority and the word of God that the word of God has? Matthew 28 and 29 says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Hmm. Just like today, some have accepted Jesus and his teachings, while others rejected, rejected him. This is so important to ask today. Will you accept Jesus and recognize God's word as your final authority? I'm talking to some Christians here today. Will you accept God's word as your final authority? When I was growing up, 
If there was a debate going on, even among politicians, and somebody said, the Bi they didn't even have to quote your Bible chapter and verse. If they just said, the Bible says, everybody would sit up and listen. Oh, the Bible says that? Well, well that's the way we should go. You know, all our politicians had a foundation of some sort in the Word of God. Even Harry S. Truman, who swore like a sailor, had a foundation in Sunday school. And he knew what the Bible had to say. So when Israel was looking to become a nation again, he knew something about the Bible in Israel. Because of Sunday school, his mother made sure he was given a Bible, and then he had to read it and go to Sunday school all the time. And then it didn't hurt that his partner, when he was in business, remember he was a haberdashery guy? You know, he sold hats and suits before he went to the politics. Yeah, anybody could become president in this nation. Even Donald Trump. Right? And so, and so here he is. His business partner in that business was a Jewish man. And his Jewish partner told him about his love for Jerusalem and Israel. And so when his secretary of state was saying, no, Mr. President, we can't recognize Israel. Don't do it. He picks up the phone. He calls up our ambassador at the UN. And he says, you throw the whole weight of the United States behind Israel becoming a nation. And Israel was born. Why? Because he recognized. But politicians today, if you ask them what's in the, they won't even be able to tell you anything that's, most of them, that's in this book. A lot of them will just, just for votes, will say, well, I'm a Christian. But are they actually bearing fruit, as we learned last week, of a Christian? That's why we had to pray a lot for Donald Trump. Because, you know, we had a man who was, all his life had been so worldly. And before he starts running for president, he finally gives his heart to Jesus. And the guy, the, his spiritual advisors told us, do not blame, I heard him once say, don't blame me for what comes out of his mouth, but he is so better now than when I first met him. Because he's learning. And he's still learning. Keep praying for him. Pray for President Biden. President Biden needs our prayers. It doesn't matter if you voted for him or not. He needs our prayers. He is the president. The Bible tells us. Another thing the Bible tells us, Christians, we're supposed to pray for the man. Why? So that we can have peace. But Christians, will you build your life on a firm foundation? Will you recognize the Bible as the final authority over your life? If God says it, then we believe it, and it settles it. Then I have to ask you this question. If you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, will you accept Jesus into your heart today? Don't put it off. You'd be able to stand when life's trials come along, and they will. You'll be able to have hope 
when life throws a curveball at you. And it will. Build your life on the rock. Get to know Jesus as your Savior. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this time together in your word. I thank you for everybody that's here at the campus this morning and everybody who has joined us on our virtual campus this morning, wherever they might be joining us from, Lord. I ask you, Lord, that you would touch all of our lives. Lord, we surrender to you. We want to make sure our life is built upon a firm foundation, that we build our lives on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, on the Word of God. Lord, help us to recognize the Word of God is our final authority, and Jesus is the only way of salvation. But Lord, we want to make it to heaven. And then Lord, help us to share the good news with others so that they can join us in that wonderful place as well. Lord, you're so marvelous and so wonderful. Help us to be ready for when you return. We can't wait, Lord. This world is a mess. Only you can straighten it out, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who haven't given their hearts to you yet today, and I pray, Lord, that they would give their hearts to you. It, right now in Jesus' name. But you might say, Pastor, I'm not good enough. How can God accept me? My life's a mess. Don't worry about it. That's why Jesus died for you, because your life was a mess. If you want Jesus into your, in your heart, if you want to be saved, if you want to feel his love, let him clean up your life. You don't have to clean it up and be perfect before you get saved. He'll take care of all that. All you have to do is give your heart to him and let him surround you with his loving arms. If you want to get saved today, just pray this prayer. Help me here. To, folks, let's help them where they're at. Pray this prayer with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your Son to die for me. Lord, with my mouth, I confess that Jesus rose from the dead. And with my heart, I believe that Jesus died for me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sins. And now, Lord, I put my faith and trust in you. Lord, I want to build my life on that firm foundation, which is Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm believing that somebody, gave, somebody or a bunch of people gave their hearts to the Lord today. If you gave your heart to the Lord today, I do want to give you some things free.
I'm not going to charge you anything. I'll pay for the postage. I have a book here to help you understand the Bible, to start your journey reading your Bible. You're going to have to get yourself a Bible if you got saved. Walmart carries them. Okay? Get yourself a Bible. Start reading the book of John. It's the fourth book in, for, in the New Testament. I also want to, I want to send this book to you. It's called Your First Steps. And uh, this book will help you start your journey in the Lord. The other thing, for fun, I want to send you three movies. I got them all here on this DVD. Um, so that we ca keep costs down, I have them in cardboard sleeves. That way I can put them in an envelope, send them to you, and uh, because those plastic you know, sleeves are more expensive to ship. And so this would go, I would put both of these into a nice envelope, send it to you, and the movies on here is, first is an acclaimed movie just called Jesus. It's based on the book of Luke, right from all the words that's spoken in there from Jesus is right out of the book of Luke. The next movie is Magdalena, um, and uh, it's a story about a woman and her back in Jesus' day and her journey to Christ. Um, and the last movie is an old movie about Jesus called The Story of Jesus. And it was done by Hollywood a long time ago. Um, the, uh, the Life of Jesus was done back in the 70s, and it's been the most shared movie about Jesus all over the world. And so I would like to send that to you. All you have to do is um, contact us there, um, send us a message on Messenger, um, at fa on Facebook, or you can go above my head, is right there's our link to our uh, website, and you can click on that link, and it, you can send us a private message right there as well. Um, and if you're still wondering about salvation, there's a whole link there about salvation and how to be saved on our website. Why do I share all this again? Because I want you to have a life that matters. And I want you to have a life that when storms come, you can stand. Well, we're so glad that you joined us here at New Life this morning. Again, I'm Pastor David Kufall. We're glad you are here with us. We're located at 1021 South Center Street. We would love to have you each and every week, Thursday nights at 6.30 um, on Facebook Live and at 10.30 on Sundays. But we also love to have you join us here at our campus. We're taking all precautions for COVID here. You don't have to worry. Because remember what Jesus also said, don't neglect the, the assembling of yourself together, especially when you see the days approaching. And so we need one another. And so don't feel like you're all alone. Reach out. Uh, we're here for you. Well, God bless you. We will see you Thursday night on Facebook Live on our, as we continue our study of the book of Revelation. Bye for now.